I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And today we have a fantastic guest. She's a writer. She also has a podcast. You probably have seen her like on the internet, crushing it, publishing things, being live. We have Amanda Mitchell. I always make our guests feel uncomfortable when I introduce them. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> Jordan will introduce people and she'll just be like, yeah, we have this awesome person and I always like write a poem. <laughs> Thank oh, you. It's so sweet. I mean, you're, yeah. like, you're like the better introducer because I'm just like, you know, we, we're chilling. We out here. <laughs> I wish everyone would introduce me that way. Most of my friends are like, I had to warn my friends before you came over because I'm just rambunctious. <laughs> what kind of warning do they give? Like, what They the always word? just say Amanda's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It's my brand. I'm the most. I'm not a lot. Okay. I, I am the absolute. I'm the absolute least. I'm like the opposite of that. <laughs> like the most. The most ruckus that I make in people's houses is being like, "You don't have any juice. Not a single juice." I'm like, I've done it at Bronwyn's house. I did it yeah. at Patrick's. Oh yeah. Don't come over to my house. Like, you don't have juice in I your don't have fridge. Juice. I have definitely. My fridge is like all wine. I'm I'm too Jamaican to not have juice. Like if there's no juice around, like I finished the orange juice this morning, and I plan to go to the grocery store before nightfall and make sure there's no juice. Like this is juice is Like if you tell me that I can, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you tell me orange juice is different, I always have it. I am that person, so I'll just be that friend who feels comfortable and is like, oh, like oh, you have this snack? Can I have some? And like, because I I think it's like having being part of a big family. I'm just used to that. So that's like my energy that I bring. So you have to tell people to not tell me shit if they don't mean it. Because I'll make myself comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Ronald, Ronald, are you on mic right now? Yeah. I wonder if like you could just like I don't know. I'm I'm being like a I'm being the sound police. No, that's good. <laughs> we need that. Or I'm just like I don't know. Maybe. You should- do your like um your computer audio because I keep on okay. hearing this weird maybe it's just that you need a pop filter anyway I just need to come <laughs> over there and like inspect your microphone my yeah I, I'm just I, like honestly, a, I just need to buy a new microphone um uh that's really what needs to happen but I can just like oh I can buy you a new microphone like I'm not trying to shame you or anything if you want no. if you need a new microphone I do like that our listeners can um, know how the sausage is, you know, how the quality of the sausage is <laughs> compromised by Mike's <laughs> equipment. Um, microphones, are so, microphones are so weird. People are just like, oh, just buy one. It's like, no, it's it like. It's not how it works. It's so, it's so like needlessly complicated and there are microphones that are just known for being bad and I don't understand why they continue to be sold when they're known for being bad. I grew up in Michigan. I learned how to drive on a Ford Focus and that's one of those cars I regularly don't understand why it's allowed to be sold in the state of Michigan. I got in so many fucking car accidents. Are you fucking kidding me? It's like a little bug. How many car I got in two car accidents in the space of one month in college. I'm uh, on the computer now. Like, I got my car back, and then the next, like, the actual, like, two days later, I got to another car accident with the same person uh, on the same fucking freeway. Ugh, I'm cursed. I'm so glad that we finally have a guest that talks more than me on this show. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm so glad that you survived your car accidents. That's terrifying. Thank you. Like, you're like, yeah, all the car accidents that I was in in my Ford Focus, and I'm like, damn, like that's that's. That's terrifying. not even counting the time when I was hit by a car, and I survived <laughs> that. 
As a pedestrian? I was, no, I was crossing the street. I was very drunk. It was Valentine's Day. I was very drunk. And I, I mean, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. I crossed the street and it was at one of those street corners where like the street I was going to didn't have a crosswalk to get to. And I was too lazy to walk to the crosswalk and walk around and then take a right to take a, when if I could just run across the street, you know, that's the logic at three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I slipped on a patch of black ice. And as I'm doing that, a car comes around that corner while I'm on the ground because I slipped on this patch of black ice. And this car just basically stops like on almost on top of my body. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What did you like? According to my friends, I was blacked out drunk. I don't remember this. According to my friends, I basically rolled out from underneath, popped up. Waved to the people in the car and kept on fucking running. Like, bleh, bleh. I woke up the next morning in like the bloodiest bed that I've ever been in because, like, oh my, my entire God. left side of my body had just been like I, torn up. The bloody bed. But I kept running. That's such a, that's such a gruesome that's, scene. That's an fuck. <laughs> that needs to be a horror movie. The bloody was, bed. <laughs> a bloody bed, like straight up. Yeah, like, yeah. Not totally. did not belong to me. It was my friend Kaylee's. Bless her heart. Did not oh. owe her anything for that. <laughs> I think I washed her sheets and was like, "Bye." <laughs> <laughs> don't invite me over to your house. Like, <laughs> don't invite me over. Oh I will get wasted and I will like pass out in the bathroom. Um, it's like I'm a lightweight. It's like you have the Baba Duke of car accidents following you or something. God, so I need to bring up the Baba Duke. I need to figure that out about myself. I feel like I bring up the Baba Duke on every episode. I don't know what I'm going through. I. If you if you have, I must be tuning you out when you do it because this is the first time I've heard you talk about the bottom. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, please, if you have a tally list, maybe I just talk about that like, to myself in my personal okay. conversations. All right. <laughs> okay. So the film, the film this week is two right. nines confessions of a shopaholic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> directed by <laughs> directed by PJ Hogan who also directed it's it, he's an Australian director he also directed the very good 2003 oh no he didn't <laughs> oh. my mistake he wrote the very good 2003 Peter Pan movie and um he wrote Muriel's wedding and uh he was the writer of no, he was the director of what is today? He was the director of My Best Friend's Wedding, what? which we've done on the show before, right? I, you know, honestly, I don't remember if we've done My Best Friend's Wedding. I feel like, I think we, did. I feel like we should have. Yeah, I feel like that's something that we would have done. Anyway, he's he's also directed Muriel's Wedding, as Uh, I I mentioned to Amanda, and she's uh, just from the director of Muriel's Wedding and My Best Friend's Wedding comes Confessions of a a non-teenage drama queen is what we're calling this this movie. Yeah, it's like and all. was like can I just say this movie is ugly as shit so I was getting ready to be like this director doesn't know shit he directed the 2003 Peter Pan that's my favorite Peter Pan movie like that's the Peter Pan movie that makes me cry I remember the trailers Clocks by Coldplay was playing (laughs) in the movie Coldplay wow you know it's a good movie when Coldplay was at its peak and it was there Clocks pops I just don't understand why this movie is so ugly I don't understand it also because like um, Mur- his other rom-coms Muriel's Wedding and My Best Friend's oh, Wedding I love great. Muriel's Wedding unironically I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's I mean this movie is very much like a time capsule of like 2000's like bedazzled excess like it was like 
Mm-hmm. This, was, this was the reign of Paris Hilton and mm-hmm. the Hills and Nicole Richie and like all of that weird, like gaudy fashion. Like I think Juicy Couture was a big deal yeah. in the 2000s. Yeah. And so it like, I almost feel like this movie is so ugly because he has distaste for that. Cause mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is a guy who likes clothes. Like this is a, no, this is a, right. a woman who's obsessed with clothes, but I don't feel like the director likes them at all. No one dressed no. well in this Everyone movie. Everyone dresses so bad. <laughs> That's what drove me most. Oh, I was, okay, a, I have all like three of the Shopaholic books in this house. I tried to find them. I don't know where my mom hid them, but they're here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was hiding them, like actively. <laughs> my mom hates the fact that I hoard things and I will not let her take things down. I'm, I have like so many magazines from like 2006 to 2009 in my closet. And I'm like, yes, these are going to be relics. I'm going to be messing an Instagram page. I'm not, guys. I mean, you're right. You are right. I'm like, I'm just telling her, I'm like, let's bank on some nostalgia. Let's make me some coin. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, she's so <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. written by two people, um, Tim Firth and Tracy Jackson. So Please it took tell two me. people. I hope they two. never did anything else. It took two people to write this movie. <laughs> two people to do this to Lynn Redgrave. I'm upset. Lynn Redgrave. Lynn Redgrave. Isn't she only in one scene in this movie? She's in. I thought her character was going to come back at some point. They, well, yes, and she shows up so and she's drunk. What the fuck? It was okay. Lynn Redgrave, and then she doesn't come back. It was so shocking. I, I was just like, to be <laughs> to be fair, at least she didn't have to be there that much. It's true. <laughs> uh, she deserves so much more. Right. Um, I mostly. My main question is. It took two people to write this movie, and it makes me feel like half of this movie was left on the cutting room floor. Like, there were so many characters that I was like, why are you here? Why were you never introduced, Tarky? Yeah, we were really in abundance. <laughs> like, um, yeah. uh, God, old girl, Kristen Ritter, um, who plays the best friend and the best friend and roommate in this movie, she has this fiance who, like, I feel like when we first meet him, I don't know that he's a fiancé. I thought that he was a roommate. I thought it was a brother. He totally yes, has a yeah. roommate vibe. Like, you know, maybe he's known mm-hmm. them since college or high school, like, mm-hmm. very platonic. And then they're just, like, in bed together and getting married. Like, Yeah. Well, and I'm yeah, supposed to care. So yeah. <laughs> like, how did you make Kleinfeld look so ugly? Kleinfeld itself is not a pretty place to be. And y'all made... What? It, look, <clears throat> okay, wait. What is Kleinfeld? When they go to the wedding shop, the bridal shower store, that's Kleinfeld. Oh, okay. That's okay. where Say Yes to the Dress takes place. My favorite okay. television show. Okay, I've never seen this show. Wow. Oh, okay, I learned so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Like, <laughs> it, it does feel like this movie is like a uh, Microsoft Paint cinematography. <laughs> Like, it just I don't feels know how like, to describe what I mean by that, but I, I trust it. It looks, like, it looks it like the like, Devil Wears Prada drawn in Microsoft Paint. Yes, mm. thank you. Like, mm. like it, it, every part of it, I could see where they were trying to do a, a, a Devil Wears Prada thing, and it just doesn't feel, give that same, like, even when, when Anne Hathaway in Devil Wears Prada was, like, frumpy Anne Hathaway, she was still, like, glamorous as shit wearing a Chanel jet-like sweater, you know? I wonder if yeah, part of it is the producer. The, the producer of this movie is Jerry Bruckheimer, who we've never mentioned on this podcast because the kind of movies that yeah. he produces do not belong on this podcast. He produces <laughs> he produces the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, the National Treasure movies, basically any like uh like big like Armageddon, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Gone in sixty seconds, Pearl Harbor. Like it just doesn't make. It's weird that he's involved and I almost feel like it looks like shit for that reason because you know this movie looks bad in a very specific way and it reminds me of This Means War which is also directed by somebody who um also made by people who don't really This Means know. War was truly ugly like it was it, it was yeah. on the same level as um the layover was pretty ugly too the oh, layover, the layover's ugly. ugly. This means, yeah, this means really more ugly. was ugly in a sense. Well, because like McG is like his crown jewels are the first two um, 
Charlie's Angels movies with Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore, and Cameron Diaz. And, like, so when he did this means... And, like, the whole point of that is, like, playing with artifice and, like, playing with, you know, the big action stuff and kind of, like, making a joke out of the gigantic action movie set pieces. But This Means War looks exactly the same way, and it's not doing that. And this (laughs) looks exactly the same way. And I can't tell what it's making fun of. But I do know that I started talking about the Communist Manifesto to Kyle while we were watching it. Because we were just so, it was, this is a very weird materialistic movie that made me want to burn all my clothes. (laughs) I am truly far from a minimalist and this made me want to give up all of my possessions. Like, I, I hated this movie. (laughs) Like, the way that he talks about stores is so upsetting. You know the sexuality, (laughs) I don't remember the name, I can look it up right now, people who want to fuck objects. Um, I very much got that vibe from her, except if you could want to fuck a store, that was kind of the vibe that I got. Like, she wanted to fuck Like that lady who married the roller coaster? Yes! Like, this was, like, My Strange Addiction. Yeah, that, I love that episode of My Strange Addiction. The roller coaster love triangle. I got that vibe from from uh the opening dialogue where she's talking about stores and like her longing for stores and then even like this ongoing thing in the movie where she's talking to mannequins and they're talking to her and like you want to fuck a mannequin the mannequins okay wait that disturbed me oh so uh there is actually a movie that was playing at sundance that i missed that it's a french movie about a woman who falls in love with like falls in love with like a carnival attraction a roller coaster she falls in love with it and she like has sex with it i have not seen the movie but the movie is coming and i was thinking about that so oh my god i want to see that movie (laughs) (laughs) that sounds amazing that sounds extremely my shit definitely up my alley (laughs) you know the thing about the mannequins that really that i love the most about them is that they're actually the best looking things in the movie like all the people look weird all the clothes look weird the mannequins look right at home yeah they do They're like they're like emoting. So this movie is about a woman who is addicted to clothes and things and shopping and it's and it's Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher. Isla. No, it's, it's Isla. It's Isla Fisher. And she's obsessed with clothes and her parents are Joan Cusack and and John Goodman. And okay. like her her backstory is like they're they were very poor and the mom was very cheap. And, and thrifty. So, and thrifty. So it made her feel like, like, like as soon as she became an adult, she was just like, I need the fanciest things ever. Because, and I love that she like acknowledges that like her mom's thriftiness, like she buys clothes that last and she seems to hate that. She hates the just, clothes that last. Yeah, it's like, so, <laughs> what, it's it's so weirdly insulting. It also, is, what did Joan Cusack do to deserve this? What did she do? Yeah, I was so upset that Joan Cusack, like, I mean, I love to see her. So in what, on one hand, I was glad to see her. Me too. Always, always love for her to be there. But I was also like, why is she pulled into this? She deserves so much better. And John Goodman. I just wanted to hang out with them. They just be my parents. This is great. (laughs) There is also no way Joan Cusack could be Isla Fisher's mom. No, 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 yeah, they don't look no. alike at all. And like also <laughs> no. the vibe, like the familial vibe. Even yeah, they, there's no like there's no family chemistry, and it's not even about them getting along, mm-hmm. it's just about them seeming like family. Yeah. No, they don't it just seems like they, they come from an entirely different universe. The universe that they come from is the universe that I want to be in, to be clear. Yes, like they seem perfectly cool and nice and like With I can RV. have a Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Oh my god. Like when they bought that Winnebago, Kyle turned to me and he was just like, "When I turned 50, would it be okay if I bought one of these for us?" And I was like, "Absolutely." That's cool as hell. That's the coolest shit. Yeah, that's oh. a, like I I was like, I want to go on a road trip with y'all. That looks so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, like I wish I I wish there was, like, a picture of her, like, before she could afford all those clothes. Well, I mean, she can never afford them. But, like, right yeah. before 
right before her style pivoted. Like maybe if I saw a picture of her like looking like casual, I would have something to compare it to, to this family, but it's just, it's weird. She's, she's, she's very weird. <laughs> she's a weird person. <laughs> cause, and cause the way, okay. So she talks about stores. She loves the stores. Um, she's like, a man won't treat you as well as a store. <laughs> so capitalism will treat me better than a man? You know no. that you have to, like, <laughs> I remember wanting to yell at her. You know that you have to buy things in stores. The stores like, don't do things for you. You do <laughs> things for stores, you stupid bitch. <laughs> I feel like she's one of those people that would just be, like, protecting stores, like, during the right. protest. Okay, also, this woman... I do like the fact that this one, the one realistic thing about this movie is that she is a writer in New York City and she cannot afford this lifestyle. Like, that is yes. the one thing that we all know to be true. Yes. Because <laughs> so many of these movies, they don't have roommates. And I was like, right. okay, roommates, she can't afford this. She's in debt. All right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And she's living and she's living with a couple. So like it's so weird because like when you're living with a couple, like sometimes it works, but a lot of the time it's like you're living on borrowed time here. Like mm-hmm. these people would like to live alone. Yeah, they're ready <laughs> so, for you to leave. So it's just weird to me that she's just like continues to buy things. The way she has like no impulse control. No. <laughs> at all. It's I mean it's definitely an addiction for her. Like like you know, she goes to the support group. Like, it's very much beyond just liking to shop or liking clothes. Yeah, um, this is a weird fetish. Yeah, it's like, a fetish. It's an addiction. It's like her whole identity too. It's like I can buy. Like, like, I would love this movie so much more if she was just like like a hardcore financial dominatrix. Like, yeah. and that's how she like made her money. Yeah, if you know? she, that would be she, that would be amazing. Or even like, what if she wanted to be financially dominated since she's the one who likes to be in right. debt? Apparently, right? Like, exactly. if there was something there, that would be way more fascinating. Or if it actually felt like the story dealt with addiction in a real way, um, right? It's like a weird combination of like she's she's got an addiction, but also this is about materialism and then kind of love. But not yeah, it's, it's weird. The movie it's, is very mean to her, but yes. it's also just like its perspective isn't much better than hers. Because what we have is like she like like she writes for a gardening magazine and she doesn't want to write for that anymore. She wants to write for Alette, which is run by Chris Kristen Scott Thomas, who's <laughs> not in enough of this movie. Not in enough of this movie. Oh, um, <laughs> who, who plays the titular Alette. Um but uh, she can't for some she doesn't have the credit she doesn't have the experience or whatever I don't know she's a white woman it's kind of weird I just thought right. that she would just get the job um, <laughs> that's usually how it works <laughs> but uh, she so she ends up at this like money management magazine run by Hugh Dancy uh, but what's conf- and like Hugh Dancy is kind of positioned as not just her love interest but like her well, her boss, but also like the person who knows more about the world than she does. Like she, like the movie positions, like she has to impress him. She's constantly trying to like prove to him that she proved him that she's an adult. And it's weird because it's like he works for like a version of like Forbes, and like what? those people are fucking idiots. Uh-huh. Like, it's not like they're much smarter. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very realistic relationship with them. He's like, okay, lady, let me explain money. And like, why don't you talk about shoes and explain to the other women how money works? And she's like, okay, yeah, you believe in me. And I'm just like, ah, like, I just want my eyeballs to bleed out and I want to throw the blood at him. Like, if she gets really into money, it's not going to make her a better person. Right. Like, and I feel like the movie posits that it will, because if she knows more about money, she'll be better about spending it, which that makes sense. Like, that that totally makes sense. But the fact that it just seems like the movie just positioned it as a more moral, better life than, like, thinking about money in the abstract is, like, a better way to live. It's weird. Well, like, she worships capitalism. 
And the movie wants her to be a better capitalist, not not a capitalist. Yeah. It's like, right. you, know, you love money, but you're not good at it. So let's get, make you better so you can be good at it. Make you this. better at it because you'll be a better person. Rather if you're better than at let's money. construct how toxic this shit is. Right, exactly. Because like she, I mean, it's, hmm. I've never seen, like we've seen a lot of like bad introductions because, you know, we're supposed to feel bad for these women because they haven't found love. And, you know, some of these movies are really depressing where it'll be somebody eating and it'll be like dinner for one or like some kind of weird, embarrassing thing. But right. her weird, embarrassing thing is that she's going to, a, she's trying to get a job at a let and she sees a scarf. And she convinces herself, and the mannequin also convinces her, that she needs <laughs> this scarf and that this scarf is going to change everything. And then she doesn't have enough money on the car, on her credit cards for the scarf. She tries to pay, she pays for the scarf with like four, four different cards. credit cards. I'm and cash. so upset. I've never used more than one card to buy something unless one of the things was a gift card. Like, this is fucking weird, man. Cash and put it on a card, but I've never used multiple cards on one that, item. That no, is. It yeah. The scarf was like $120, which like, I feel like if you, look, if you look at the scarf and you're like, okay, I like this. And you go in and then you see that it's $120. Like, I feel like that would give you pause, but I feel she doesn't even look at prices. She just picks up the things. Like she doesn't look at the price tag until she gets to the front of the line. I do, who lives like that? Like, and she's not even like taken aback when she finds out how much it costs. No, she's just like, like, okay, well, here are all of my cards. I'm that deeply in debt. I'm. N- I don't think a scarf is going to save me from shit. No, right. no. Is, no, but it's, so she can't. So she goes to a hot dog cart and wants the <laughs> and wants the hot dog man to cash her check. And I just want to know how long she's lived in New York because it can't be that long. There is no way this you imagine ever. Ever. No. No, I'm not coming up to a hot dog man asking him for anything except a hot dog. Like, I'm not messing with that man. He has been parked there since 5 Uh a.m. Yeah. Sweating in the sun and hot dog water. Okay. I know a hot dog line. You know how hungry everyone is in a hot dog line? Five minutes. Like, that's crazy. Like, somebody will throw hands at me if I do that. Like, you will get in a fight with another New Yorker. (laughs) Like, like, kid. I can't imagine just cutting and like that it, her entitlement. She's so unlikable. I don't like her. And then like, and then like somehow like she was like, he was, she was like, I'll get all the hot dogs. And he was like, you'll get 97 hot dogs for that scarf. And I feel like that's another point where we could pause. 97 <laughs> hot dogs. What are you going to do? The same thing that happens in the pilot episode of 30 rock. Doesn't she buy all the hot dogs? Yeah. Well, yeah. Know, that's a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's only because it's a great character study. It's one of the best character development moments in the first beginning of a pilot, uh, in my yeah. personal opinion. And, um, and this and this came out three years after 30 Rock premiered. So, so they just stole it. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I wish it tried mm-hmm. to steal more from 30 Rock. I would love to see that train wreck. Honestly, oh, if the like, receptionist was just Kenneth the Page at Hearst <laughs> Tower, I would love that. Oh my like, god. It's so okay. So she doesn't I do love that she like she goes and there's just like a very like helpful gay man who is just like, well, everything is like it, he just basically explains Condé Nast to her. That's the other thing. I yes. can't believe that it's just fucking Condé Nast. It, I can't believe it's that not her tower. It's that, like that's the Hearst escalator that yeah, she like, looks up at Hearst Tower. Yeah. So, it, but it's supposed to be Conde, which is so. What the fuck? Yeah, like, this is great, <laughs> but also, is it like what's going on? It's not Hearst because it's definitely shot in the Hearst lobby and in Hearst Tower, but none of the buildings look like it was bad. Yeah, I was cracking yeah. up at like the obvious sub, like just like okay, we know what this um, is. We're like anyone works in new york media like knows the references or knows the spaces and it, uh, it was just funny yeah just like 
Thanks, Condé Nast, run by In my opinion, there's a little bit of a drag with the whole, like, oh, these um, magazines are all very different, but they're owned by the same people, so if you work in one, you can work in all of them. And I was that's like, that's not true. Right? That's not true at all. Unless you're a white man. Unless right. you're a white have, man. Otherwise, right. that's completely not like, true. That's not I, I have written in, I have written an article for Vogue, Vanity Fair, and GQ, and all and I had to do paperwork for all of them. All of them. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like it's like, oh, you already wrote for GQ and you you're gonna get your check immediately. Like, no. No, bitch, you got to go through a whole different system. They got to pay you. They got to send you an SOW and you got to send it back and then you got to send one. It's a whole damn mess. Oh my mess. God. Now I'm thinking about the Condé Nast e-payable site. Man, that ah, fucking shit. You got to put in invoice the invoice you have to they have to like you have to find the staff member who like does the payment and it's always somebody different and then you got to find their name and then you got to wait for them to reply and then they'll be like oh yeah well everything is processed you'll still get paid in a month you still have to wait a month. Oh, yeah, 30 days from they them deciding that it's okay for you to get paid yeah that's like, it. like turnover in media is so quick it doesn't even matter like if you're even in your in the same magazine like the editor is going to change in like three months three after you're tired of whatever yeah. toxic shit they're dealing with. And then you're going to have to try to work with like, I was just cracking up at just the very, I mean, this happens in so many of these movies, but this idea of like, just go in there with a coffee and pitch an idea and you're going to be a star. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, in what fucking world has right. that ever been the truth? Right. Especially <laughs> in a place as elitist as Conde Nast. Yeah. Like I say this as an employee of there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep me employed there. Do not fire me. But like, <laughs> <laughs> we will not tag them when we put this. Um, do not tag People get in trouble for getting lit about Conde Nast in the media. We <laughs> do love that they're just like, and I can't even tell what they're trying to say about Conde Nast. Like, do they have a criticism? Like, what is the point of like very clearly aping like their structure? <laughs> In their name or like to talk about what what is being discussed here because this this movie isn't about writing it definitely isn't because she uh, she, she starts is bad writing, at it sorry she, y'all. <laughs> oh yeah she is bad at it and also like she doesn't talk about having a passion for writing in the beginning of the movie she has talks about having a passion for shopping and it's such an insulting um, perspective for her to just be like, I guess I'll write so that I can shop. Like, what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? And I want to write for a fashion magazine so that, like, I can get free shit. And it's like, the thing about, like, writing for anywhere is that, like, you're so exhausted that by the time you get the free shit, you're just like, what the fuck is this? And also, <laughs> half the time, the free shit is just helping make up for the fact that you make, like, $25 yeah. in your whole life. <laughs> Yeah, like they pay you in product. They don't pay you in actual yeah. income. So we pay Especially in a place like Alette. Stuff, and you're like, okay. Because we all know what that's supposed to be. Yeah. She talks about writing like a high school student, and it's weird that she's like gainfully employed and just so reckless about everything she's so, reckless about who she talks about she's reckless about like what she's like her work like she talks so much shit and like it's so weird like someone like that like people would be talking about her because <laughs> she just does she doesn't hold anything close to the chest she has no respect for the magazines that she works for any of them <laughs> like the gardening right. one really like i don't even know how she got hired for a gardening magazine like you this have to know no Especially gardening. <laughs> How is this woman working in media? I don't understand. <laughs> also, like, I mean, this happens in so many of these movies, but there's so many scenes where she's like climbing. She like climbs on a table during a pitch meeting, or she's she gets caught like sneaking into a let so that she can steal the mail. Like, how would you not be blacklisted immediately? <laughs> like, because what? they can't. I mean, no. Like, there's so many things that don't track yeah in this uh, but especially leslie bibb as the villain leslie bibb is a very okay so this is this is 
another edition of I do not understand what white women are talking about. This is, <laughs> this is, this is the segment where I try to understand where I try to understand why one white woman is threatened by the other white woman. Um, and so here's the thing. They're both hot. They're both hot in different ways. Leslie Bibb is like the tall, leggy kind of hot. And she's with Sam Rockwell, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, what a... I mean, yeah. So small. So small. Small guy energy. I bet in his Tinder profile it said he was 5'11". That dude is 5'8". Yeah, <laughs> climb her. He has to climb her. That's just part uh, of it. Oh, yeah, and I bet they're super into that. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's definitely part of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that. And there's also, like, Isla Fisher is, like, hot in, like, a very, like, buxom hourglass like shorter women thing and they're just because they're both incredibly hot the fact that they are threatened by each other is so confusing to me you have different body types you're just different like you're just built completely different like do like the only way that isla fisher could even compete is if she started walking on stilts like i just don't understand what she expects to happen like, the worst thing about this girl is that she has long legs. As a no. person with long legs, bye. Long legs. They, they, yeah, they talk about her legs in such weird, creepy ways. Like they compare her to a spider. I'm like, what is going on? I felt attacked. Like, uh, like I'm 90% legs, and I was like, that's just mean. Yeah. <laughs> people fetishize people with long legs like that. No, I hope not. <laughs> apparently this movie does apparently everyone in this movie does but like okay. the world who's to but say what no one on? would ever hire a girl this bad at bullshitting especially in media right you would never get hired if you were this bad at bullshitting yeah and that receptionist just tells her there's no job just tells her so she so she starts having this column where it's like the girl in the green scarf and that just becomes her whole thing and i don't remember why she hides her identity probably because she's in so much debt that the debt collector like like is is like physically there like i've been in debt before and had to deal a debt collector and like i've never actually met a debt collector the fact that she meets hers multiple times like that's a problem girl (laughs) Um, can we talk about the names uh, in this movie and how they were? This book was clearly written by a British person. Yes. Rebecca Bloomwood, Luke Brandwood, Brandon, um, Derek Smith, Derek Smith. Okay, yeah, like the amount of times that I heard the name Derek Smith and it just like absorbed into my psyche. I don't know, it changed me. Uh uh-uh. uh. It changed me. <laughs> like, like. Also, even just like the name, like Alette Naylor. What? She had a last name? They gave her a last name? Yeah, there's a. Of course, name, name like Alette is a, a model. That's their name. Their That's name is Alette. Name. Well, like, yeah, yeah. her magazine is Alette, but yeah, her full name is Alette Naylor. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. There are so many characters. Okay, so what is Julie Haggerty doing in this movie? Who plays Haley? Because I see her in scenes and I'm just like, who does she work for? Where did she come from? I mean, it's nice to see her. I just don't know what she's doing. It's like, when I say Julie Haggerty, does that name mean anything? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I, 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 I love Julie Haggerty. And I truly, the entire time, was like, airplane. Like, you were in airplane. And what are you, you doing Are you okay? Yeah. Do you need to like link I mean, so yeah. that we can get you off so many, To the point where I was watching this, my mom was in the next room making me dinner because I'm at my house <laughs> bragging. <laughs> but she, I kept yelling out names. My mom was like, who cast this movie? <laughs> like, how, John Lithgow, who held you at gunpoint to get you in this movie? It was so weird to see him there. Like, that was just the feeling that I had, like, with him, with Julie Haggerty, I mean, with Joan, with Ron Goodman. Like, I was just like, even Kristen Ritter, like, is too good for this movie. Oh, she's definitely too good. And she's, she's just like, energy to her character. 
plays the same note and it's like, I mean, it's a good note. The note is, hey, you're like thousands <laughs> of dollars in debt. Could you maybe stop? Like, I like, and you can tell that she loves her. It's like, I love you. I'm tired. I just okay, want you talk? to stop spending money. <laughs> like, can we please? I wrote this down because I was like, I don't think this is a number. And I want to make sure that I was, I was correct. She says that she is $16,262.67 in debt. Is that a real number? No, because $16,200 would be like seventy-two. Wait, would be seventeen thousand two? Oh my god, I can't I, math. I was under the impression that she was hundreds of thousands of dollars they in debt. They actually say the exact number. She's in debt. Fake numbers. She I love the number. Thousand. <laughs> $1,262.67. Okay, that's incredible. And thank you for writing that down because how did they think that they could just make up a fake number? Just this like, is not real. <laughs> like, the magazine is called Successful Saving. Like, this movie <laughs> talks about money, and yet I don't know anything new about money. I like, I don't. Know. Oh, yeah. At least like, in the big short, I came away feeling like I knew something about of money. Of course. Right. Like, here, I feel like I, I unlearned everything I learned in the big short. Yes. If anything, this made me like question whether I knew how to count. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Like, uh-uh. uh, yeah. I, I just, this movie is so, I have the, I have the plot like in my notes and I just, I'm just so frustrated and I just keep on trying to redo the movie. Like what if there was like a big short kind of version of this movie that just like talked about like fabrics and like factories and like how things are made and how they're priced. And then like, you know, and then we go through all of that and then we're just looking at this stupid fucking $120 scarf and it's like disgusting. That entire <laughs> monologue Meryl Streep does in, in Devil Wears Prada about the, the turquoise sweater or whatever it is. Not yeah, turquoise. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The cerulean sweater. That whole monologue as a 90-minute movie, I would watch the fuck out of. Right, oh, absolutely. Because, because she's trying to, like, if, if, like, there's nothing wrong with liking clothes, but if this movie actually was interested in like the value of the clothes themselves and like the work that gets put into making them because there, there is scenes of like women going into stores and just tearing each other limb from limb to get this stuff. And it's like, if you're going to show us this imagery and like, then you need to contrast it with like, okay, well, what is this stuff? Like in Adam and Adam ruins everything kind of thing about oh. all of this stuff. Like instead it's just like here, like, like, Oh, I think this movie is best described by like Hugh Dancy's whole thing where he's just like, even though he's rich, he comes into the money magazine, like wearing like regular, regular clothes and like dressing badly. And he, and he does it for like some kind of morals, empty moral stance. And like the movie treats it like he really gets it. It's like, no, he doesn't. He's just rich. He's just rich and embarrassed. Well, he's <laughs> weird and embarrassed. He feels like he's not qualified to run a money magazine we know that bitch we know (laughs) and i and i also love that his mom is a socialite because i kept on thinking of um anderson cooper's mom who is a vanderbilt and i was just like like so many like random references that mean nothing how i just learned that skylar fisk is the daughter of sissy spacek i was like oh you did me that way okay Uh, yeah, so it 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 doesn't provide it doesn't actually like it doesn't actually lampoon what she's doing. It's just like women be stupid, which was like the whole women be stupid, they be shopping. Like it's like that's I feel like this movie is like an encapsulation of like what men thought of women in the 2000s and also yes. what they thought sex in the city was. Yeah. Yes. Also, they were really setting up a lot of like, they expected this movie to be to take off because they wanted a spin off. They wanted a sequel. 
they definitely set it up with some like, why didn't we ever meet his mother? She's supposed to be such a big, big deal. The whole next movie was going to be like Eleanor Sherman comes to town. And he's she's like, why are you going to marry this woman who's so bad with money? And she's going to spend all of my wealth. Plot. Oh my god, the scene with the, the shit out of that movie. Alabama <laughs> thing with like Candace Bergen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys still have Sweet Home Alabama on this podcast. I really hope you have. Yes. Because yes, that movie is perfect. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, we, it's we, so bad and wonderful. Miss Congeniality was on Home TV. Alabama. Yeah, my my very messy fave, Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that was I true. Both like, oh, we both really love this movie, but also we do have to talk about it. <laughs> you know this movie just me- kept on making me think like man if isla fisher had been put in some better movies she would be a bigger deal now she's just like sasha baron cohen's wife and like and i, I hate that for like, her in movies <laughs> and she's not really in movies that much. and it's just like she's she is very good like she's given like some of the she's kind of like Anna Ferris in this movie where she's just given the worst material yes. and she's just like I'm doing it I'm game and like, like yeah. yeah yeah absolutely she's amazing she's amazing and her mm-hmm. boobs look amazing and whenever I got bored I would just stare at her boobs can we discuss whether or not Hugh Dancy is hot in this movie he's hot in general yeah. Like on the good fight, put it in me. But here, he's <laughs> no, no. I never wanted to be with him in this movie. Okay, no. Very small. You know when you're like on a bus or something, and you're like, okay, if this was like, if this bus was locked, and we all were gonna die in here, who would I fuck? Um, no, I've never <laughs> been on a bus. Like that. Okay, so that's you just got to be. I'm also from Detroit. I don't ride buses. People get shot on buses. That was how I felt about him was like, we're stuck in this horrible situation of me watching this movie, and I guess you're the one that I would fuck in this movie. Like, I would just fuck Kristen Ritter, but then again, I'm not straight. So, like, I had better options for this movie. I think Kristen Ritter is much hotter, yeah. But yeah, Yeah, if you're going to choose a dude... Uh, Hugh Dan yeah. was really the only option, so I was like, I suppose I would definitely give John Goodman a run at it. Yeah, no, me too. Like, yeah. he would at least love you. Yeah, he yeah. Would really like, or John Sally, fucking a. I okay, so like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess I'll, okay, I'll, 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 I'll like, <laughs> let's all go fuck John Sally, okay. <laughs> This movie, like, I feel like the function of Hugh Dancy in this movie is very similar to, like, you know when, like, uh, uh, the Disney and Nickelodeon girls are getting their own movies and each of them, like, they have, like, some kind of disposable boyfriend, like, Raise Your Voice has one, What a Girl Wants has one. It was always, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Justin Chapman. Yeah, it was always just like some. It was always just like some white guy who's like, like objectively attractive, but like he's written very blandly because he's supposed he's not supposed to take up screen time because it's about the heroine. Right. So like it's like kind of like how I don't remember who the boyfriends were in New York Minute because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not about them. Oh yeah, um, it, it, their hairstyle always matters more than their yeah. names. It's all about and the hairstyle. Yeah, yeah. Almost, exactly. Like Hugh, Hugh Dancy one... is that in. Movie. Yes. <laughs> Hugh is the disposable boyfriend in this movie who just kind of like very meekly pushes you towards change but otherwise doesn't really do anything or just like re like he he reminds me of my first boyfriend in college who I thought was deep but he was just yeah. hot um because he was just hot and I was young and like didn't know what to do with a guy who looked like that who wanted to deal with me, but he, but in that way where I'm like, are you also? Oh no, you're not deep. Like you you can't help me, but you also think I'm deep because I'll say things like, oh I I listened to Kid Cudi. Like remember I went to Western Michigan University. That was like the height of depth at the time. <laughs> I, I remember I remember dating a guy who. 
turned on J. Cole's album Born Sinner in the car and just like would not stop talking over the music to tell me how deep it was. And then oh. his friend, we picked up his friend who also loved J. Cole. And this was before Kanye really like fell off. And they were just like, man, you know, I think that J. Cole is going to surpass Kanye as the best rapper. And these two white guys were just, they're both white. Of course. We're just having this conversation about me that. <laughs> and like and like how good born sinner is and then i remember i broke up with that guy and i sat down and i listened to born sinner and i was like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> this ain't it. Like, okay, literally, I can, what is it with white men and j cole because i feel the same way <laughs> like, like white men, it's like day deuce and marrow white men love to me about j cole and i like my 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 vagina sews itself up it turns into a dead it's just like i thought forever anything that makes my my pussy wants to do the opposite of pop when i hear j cole (laughs) (laughs) whatever that is like no my my pussy is not here for any i I love daisy samaro don't get me wrong but j cole is one of those men i'm like "Mm -mm, he no, absolutely not. Sometimes you don't have to say everything that comes into your brain. Mm-hmm. Not everything you think is deep. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> perfectly complacent. Yeah, it's so hot in here. you know i don't know maybe i'm still high from yesterday because i don't want to talk about the plot of this movie and i don't really think anybody cares no i mean i feel like we talked about the themes because the plot is just like she's addicted to shopping she ends up working for this money magazine and then eventually she realizes that she doesn't want to be holden to her shopping ways and decides to like sell her clothes essentially there's so much um, yeah, she in this movie that she's not going to be there like the whole plot of going to miami why what yeah it was completely like, unnecessary the like there's so just much to set up alicia and luke as a couple and then break them up off screen without even letting it what was the point Oh, it was to have. Yeah, I didn't really understand what was going on with like Leslie Bibb and Hugh Dancy, like, because he says, oh, yeah, we're not together, but we never see a breakup. And he's clearly like with her in earlier scenes. And it's weird that he never explains what happened. It just seems like he decided that he wanted the yeah. other one. Like, he made a decision. I was with the tall one, elevator. now I want the short one. She yeah. Because he decided yeah. that Isla Fisher was deep. Yeah, and he likes the fact uh, that she's short. Because she, I guess, like dresses worse. I don't know what's going know. on. Like it's such, it's such like weird misogynist, reductive logic that he has. Like he's just like, hey, I dress bad because I'm smart, and like some bitches don't do that. Like they have to. Like, yeah, like, and it's also just like Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb is the the. the there's nothing surprising about her. Like when he met her, he knew who she was. So it's weird. It just seemed like he was wasting her time until he saw someone more interesting to him. And that made me hate him even more. It's not like she like revealed herself to be shallow. She is proudly yeah. shallow. And that's fine. There are worse things to right. be. <laughs> like, yeah, she was like, she's shallow and materialistic and she's proud of it, babe. Yeah, she's figured she's figured out like what she's good at, what she, like where she wants to be, and he's just like floundering because he refuses to just give up some of his money. I don't <laughs> like just that, bro. Like, so much about the fact that you're rich and do something about it, or shut up no, and enjoy. Really, it. I would rather like release an acoustic <laughs> album about how much they don't like their money than actually literally, <laughs> like. Like I don't understand why a man who has enough money to run his own media company, his own media company. I also just want to talk right. about the ethics oh, of this man. Why was he working for another media company when he could just start his own media company? And he could whatever he wants. He could hire people to write whatever they want, and it could be a cool, trendy, independent media like. Mm-mm. It doesn't make he sense. Be the like, and also, 
I mean, yeah, he's so basically he turns into Brian Greenberg and he leaves. He's going to go acquire a bunch of names and then leave them alone and abandon them. Like, oh, always do not cut that out. <laughs> don't, I don't know I don't want to make myself unemployable. <laughs> 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 writer, my job like, relies on me not, you know, naming these people by name. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just hiring me. I said I definitely it. named him on here also, so <laughs> I mean but yeah um it, it'll be safely tucked into the longer episode. <laughs> um just open up the episode with me just dissing. Right. <laughs> right. We just like compile you dissing places you've worked or people <laughs> who, who paid my rent. <laughs> What okay, so what is what is the alternative to this? I guess Devil Wears Prada is the easy answer. Yeah. The easy alternative, and I mean it holds up. If you want to watch Isla Fisher and things, I would watch Wedding Crashers as a be- a better option for that. Like in terms of other things, yeah, yeah. her, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, either of those are better, or you could even watch Sex in the City. Yeah. If, like, you know, it, like I'm recommend since that. this movie seems to think that it knows what that's about. Mm-hmm. Isla Fisher should do a sitcom. I, I feel like she'd be good that. at that. She would be. Yeah, her and Jenna Fisher should play sisters. Pam from the Office. Ooh, I, I love, love that. that. I feel like that needs I to happen. That. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I want I want a good like sitcom to happen to Jenna Fisher that's not The Office, so that she doesn't have to talk. I mean, she's gonna have to talk about it for the rest of her life, but it would be nice if she had like something else, mm-hmm. another example <laughs> to discuss. She's doing that podcast with Angela uh, Kinsey, right? And yeah. talking about The Office, and like on one hand, I'm like, cool, do whatever you want, you know, life short, have fun. But on the other hand, it's like depressing to me. It, no, it's really depressing. I refuse They're to listen to really it. They're both really talented. Yeah. So, like, uh. yeah, they should just—I don't know. They just—they deserve more roles. It annoys me that like the person who popped off. Well, I mean, there's Steve Carell, who's like, I'm glad that he popped off. But then there's John Krasinski, who I would love to have destroyed. <laughs> just like wanting to explode. I hate that. I love that. <laughs> right. I think. I, I wouldn't want him to die, but I would like him to get like severely like injured. Severely <laughs> Something where like she can leave him and she won't feel guilty for doing so and everyone will be like, Yeah, you're just like really improving the quality of life for both of you. You know? Ooh, okay. Okay. I don't know what I is, but... <laughs> I love that. Guys, don't get me to describe my enemies. Like, like, <laughs> I like the specificity. Like, you've written the situation out in your head. Like, you know what needs to happen. Yeah, it's, I, I, I yeah. don't want her to suffer. I would like her to have something that she overcomes. But then, like, he's like, you need to leave me because you deserve so much more. And guess what? He's right. Yeah, she does need to leave him. <laughs> that's all yeah he's just boring to me he's just so boring you know and it's like he's friends with um ryan reynolds and hugh jackman they're all friends um and i have to write articles about like uh ryan reynolds what? and everything he does what? and like blake what boring friend group like i like hugh jackman but the fact that he hangs out with those two Mm-mm. Yeah, I love Hugh Jackman. Just seems like a nice guy who loves his wife and likes to be in movies. And I'm like, I respect yeah. that. Like, he's yeah, just- like, what a nice boy. And it's like yeah. Ryan Reynolds and John Krasinski. Like, they're Ryan Reynolds and John Krasinski are so symmetrical yeah. that like they just don't even register as having faces. To me. They are like, the same person. They're just non-playable characters. <laughs> one of them is Jack. One of them is Jack Ryan. And one of them, yes, John, is the, John Krasinski, is the yeah, vulgar, John vulgar superhero, is what I call him. The vulgar superhero. Deadpool. The Deadpool. vulgar yes. superhero. Or the vulgar superhero. Bond. Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, both very boring. <laughs> boring, boring, boring. Actually, I did watch the first half hour of Definitely Maybe last night, and then I was like, what happened to Ryan Reynolds' rom-com career? Oh, we should do that on the 
podcast. Yeah, Ron, I like him more really in rom coms. Like that was like the yeah. him and the that is the proposal. I think with the last two he did before he decided he yeah. Be. Oh my god! I saw the proposal in the theater. What a time to be alive! <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, his his riff style that can be kind of overbearing and annoying in in like Deadpool and everything is good in a rom com because it gives your yeah manly written characters typically character which is yeah. why he was so good in Just Friends. Yeah. Like that's to me yeah. is peak Ryan Reynolds. He's never done better than that. I said it. Amazing. So, there you he go. also got married on a plantation. So, boo. Uh, yeah, and and like a few, like a month ago, they 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 released an apology about it. Like, oh, you just realized that it was fucked up to get married on a plantation. I'm sorry. Did you just learn about slavery? It's, like, they're like, oh my god, we didn't even realize. Like, you dumb bitches. It's because literally, kept, people keep bringing it up every time people talk about Ryan Reynolds or Blake Lively. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, like, I just thought it would go away, and they were finally like. But we're listening and we're learning. <laughs> no, did they did they actually like replied to that? Have they have they addressed Apparently. it? Because people yeah, they say it. it a month ago huh? on their Instagrams, they addressed it and then they like donated money um to I don't know which organization. I, I think they, they said they donated money to the Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a shit ton of organizations like underneath that umbrella. So like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> but um, they were just like. Um, Put it I somewhere. do want to go back to the plot of the movie real quick because we do have to talk about Wendy Malick oh, and this auction. I want to talk about this auction and I need to talk about Wendy Malick for a second because Wendy Malick. Oh my god, we didn't hear about Wendy Malick at all. Twist? Twist. I love Wendy Malick in anything. And when she showed up, I was like, okay, I'm here. Like, I'm ready. And then she was gone and I had gotten settled and she was gone. Like, and did you just feel like bait and switched? I feel like I want to watch a, a second movie that just stars Kristen Star, star uh, Kristen, Kristen, Kristen and Randy Mallory, like just interacting. And I agree. It could be like yes. book club two, shopping edition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. something like that. I love it. Um, but this <laughs> this auction that happened to be. Both of the bidders at the end were him to get the scarf back when he found out that was the scarf that she that she used to deceive him. Her, he bought her deceit scarf, thousands of dollars. Also, he used for Kristen a one hundred and twenty house card. of cards to do so. What? I'm also, like, has he never met another woman? Because no. at one point in the movie, he says she is the, quote, most amazing, <laughs> creative, smartest women w- woman that I've ever met. And I'm like, have you ever met literally anyone? You know that the only reason you got that article she wrote to you, that you, you read, was because she was drunk and stupid? Like, I just, entire relationship is ri- based on Lies! Lies! Lies, it's, it's all based on lies, and he and it's like that thing where he's so infatuated that all of her flaws become quirks. Which, yes, that's a thing that happens, but she doesn't have enough good traits to make up for it. Like, I love Fisher, is like, I just can't. I'm like, what are you into like, about you her? You fell like, in love with your employee, you are her boss. Yeah. They never talk about that part. I think he's just into that power dynamic, I think he, I think he likes explaining stuff to her. Mm-hmm. Like he's because he's yeah. like peak mansplainer. Yeah, he, I don't and know. He's it's, also an investigative journalist. All of us. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so he really is Anderson Cooper. Like, yeah. Which is like, <laughs> why? Yeah, why? Why did they model after Anderson Cooper? <laughs> None of it, none of it makes sense. Like, like I love Anderson Cooper, but like for a heterosexual romance, Mm-mm. not the, not the. I one. mean, it's not good. Anderson Cooper might have more chemistry and just walk in Suze's wedding. She just shows up at like as Suze is about to walk down the fucking aisle. She shows up. Well, I, if my best friend did this when I was about to walk down the aisle, I would, I would, end of sentence. 
Yeah. I truly, I mean, Kristen yeah. Ritter must be the most patient person in the world to still be friends with her by the end. Kristen yeah, Ritter. I don't understand that. I feel bad for her. I'm like, do you know that um, you could just not be friends? Like, yeah. this is toxic. You could just like, end this. She's so... You're not... You can have a friend who actually, like, has money, yeah. like, to go out and doesn't spend it all on scarves. You don't have to, like, pay their rent because your parents own the apartment you both live in. Right. And who, like, thinks about your feelings and isn't just like, oh, I need a favor. Wake you and your fiancé up in the middle of the night to read you an excerpt of an article they're writing? I can't imagine bothering any of my roommates with my bullshit in that way. Like, and I'm close friends with one of them, but I would not... I would not wake him up and be like, hey, do you want to hear my fucking dumb thing that I wrote that I'm going to pitch? <laughs> no, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> I don't care. I think, like, I'm writing it. Like, things that people care about her too much. And I know that's a depressing thing to say out loud, but with her writing, it's this preciousness. And I feel like if you actually work in media or you've like written enough, then you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a slug. No. So everybody no. should watch Devil Wears yes. Prada, Sex in the City, or Wedding Crashers instead of this because it'll it'll put you down this um, wormhole of you know contemplation about capitalism that we we already have more intelligent conversations about that going on. So <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. That I hope we, I hope we put you through this movie, Amanda. <laughs> Never apologize. <laughs> that's i mean i feel like that's every time we have a guest on we're just like so sorry about whatever we made them watch in this case i like it was more like i haven't watched a really bad rom-com in such a long time like i'll watch a rom-com but i'll watch like legally blonde or i'll watch like clueless but i'm not watching (laughs) like i'm not watching yeah of a shopaholic so for me this was like oh wow this is really bad and I was amazed at how bad it could be, it could be, because I didn't think it was possible. But guess what? It transcended. It, it, it really did. Uh, it sometimes the bad is just like it. It's, ten out of so ten would do all over again. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, me as well. Well, hmm. listeners, um, you know where to find us. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes. Um, we are a part of um, Lunar Light Studio. Yes. Um, sorry, I just like closed a notification from my mom. Hi, mom. Love you. Um, <laughs> we are uh, theme songs by Clutch Douglas. We love reviews. You can leave stars. You can leave words. You cannot. You don't have to do any of that. If you're listening, we appreciate you. We hope that you're drinking water and wearing a mask. Amanda, where can people follow you online? As if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Loch Ness Manda, like the scary Scottish monster. Um, that's L-O-C-H-N-E-S-S, Manda. Um, and that's Twitter and Instagram. And you can also uh, listen to my podcast, the America's Next Top Best Friend podcast. We recapped America's Next Top Model all the way from the beginning. And now we're starting on Australia's Next Top Model. So come join us over there. We come out every Tuesday and we are a rambunctious bunch. Um, and oh my gosh, I didn't even know that Australia, Australia <laughs> has, I feel like that's got to have its own its own stuff. It, it's, it truly is amazing. <laughs> There's a lot. It's amazing. There's a lot there. Yeah amazing all right and that's it for me fantastic well, thank you for being on i've been bronwyn isaac i've been jordan searles i'm amanda mitchell she's been <laughs> <laughs> Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.